welcome to the Joyfulness Broadcast. Emotional mastery is what we're talking about today. The 101s, the essential, the essentials of being a master of emotions, which means to be a master of it and not have it be the master of you. That is to not be run by your emotions anymore, to not uh, be reactive to them, but to be in a place in which you respond to them consciously. Whoa. And then eventually, sooner or later, you can totally transcend the emotions so that they don't even come up. What? What? Don't hear that very often, but that's true. You can enter a place of transcendence of the emotions in which uh, they don't come up anymore because you have transcended them. So how you do that? How you do that? Question. Well, we start with responsibility. That is the number one thing that we have to, that's the foundation because we can't go anywhere without that. So we'll start with a Viktor Frankl quote. We'll start with a Viktor Frankl quote. So for those who are not familiar with Viktor Frankl, it's been mentioned before, but he has an amazing book called Man's Search for Meaning. And Viktor Frankl was a German psychologist in World War II, and he was in a Nazi concentration camp, in a couple Nazi concentration camps. Now I'm just typing in to look up his quotes so I don't get it wrong. There it is. So that is just something to keep in mind. That is the context of reading this, hearing this, these quotes. Okay, because I, I think we can use Viktor Frankl, thankfully. Thank you, Viktor Frankl, for this. It is an absolute gift to humanity because in spite of his t- terrible circumstances, I mean, we can all agree that those are probably the most horrific circumstances possible to be in a Nazi concentration camp. And yet, he went through a great ordeal and he ended up creating this work called The Man's Search for Meaning. You know, it wasn't easy, but he did it. And in it, he shares this amazing insight into what is it that gave these people meaning? How, what, how did they keep going when there was no logical, no rational reason to keep going? I mean, let's be honest ourselves. You're in this camp, in this t- ter- terrible place. Awful. You know, and it was common for people to run into the electric fence to kill themselves. I mean... Who could blame them in such a situation when there's no rational reason, when there's so much suffering, where you're going to be suffering? At least you can at least control that. No, so who can blame them? And yet people didn't. There were more people that didn't run into the fence. What What is it that drove them? What is it? So just keep that in mind. Keep the context in mind when you read this. So I'm just going to read um, two of his very famous quotes. The first one, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Now that is being said from the context, probably the most horrific situation (laughs) imaginable. To me, Viktor Frankl is the ultimate exemplar of growth opportunity. That is of to use a situation as a growth opportunity. ultimate exemplar right there, right? Taking full responsibility for our attitudes, for how we contextualize it, 
how we use a situation to not let it use us. And the next one, which is to do with that also, is everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So remembering the context, these are very powerful quotes. Because Frankel is telling us to me, he's telling us that there are no excuses. You know, we have, we have freedom. There is that last freedom that in spite of our circumstances, in spite of anything going on, we can always, always decide our attitudes, choose our own way, as Frankel puts it. And I think that's the best way to start with responsibility. It's to recognize that at the end of the day, we always have a choice. We can choose how we give something meaning. We can choose how we contextualize it. Do we see it as a curse or do we see it as a gift? That is our choice. No one forces that upon us. That is totally our choice. If we see it as a gift, we will grow from it. Even if it is challenging. If we see it as a curse, then we won't. Simple. Not to say that it's easy, but to say that it's always available. That's the point. It's always available to take full responsibility. And for emotional mastery, we're talking about responsibility for our emotions, for the way we feel. The feelings that come up within you are your own. They are your own. They are coming up from within you. If you imagine you're a bottle, then all these feelings that you experience have been bottled up and now... They've been accumulating, all these feelings have been accumulating and they build up all this inner pressure and then some trigger, external trigger, then triggers all that inner pressure to release. And so when it seems like something outside of you, those external conditions, they don't, they don't cause you to feel anything. Nothing can cause you to feel anything. You only experience the feelings that are already within you. Because the same situation that brings up certain feelings within you now, when those feelings are released, will you'll feel differently about it. In fact, you might not feel anything about it. You might totally be at a place of peace and non-attachment, and it might not bother you at all. So therefore, it's not the external conditions, not the people, it's not the situations of life that make you feel things, Instead, they just trigger feelings that are already within you. So that's what I'm talking about, responsibility for feelings. It's very popular to blame our feelings on others. Say, you make me feel this way. No one make you feel anything. No one can make you feel anything. They can be of service to letting you know <laughs> of what feelings are inside of you, which brings us to the contextualization of gift. So we can see then... If we see that every feeling is within us, we can then see that whatever we feel was in essence bound to come up because it was already there. It was building up and now it's coming up and it's in our experience. It's in our conscious awareness. That feeling's coming up and it's there. So it's bound to come up because it was already within us. And so there's no one to blame. <laughs> there's no one to blame. There is no one to blame. 
And we can see then the external conditions, the situations of life, the people who seem to make us feel certain ways, the situations that make us seem certain ways, the, the Trumps and the whatever people, whoever is the latest person to hate these days. They're just acting as triggers. They're actually serving us, serving as a teacher. They're serving as a reflection of what's within us. How else would we see what's within us? So it's when we take responsibility, it's more easy to see the gift of it. Even if it's really agitating, we can say, well, this agitation is coming from within me, not from that person. And that person, thank you for helping me see it. Thank you for helping me see it. You know, because if everyone was a Buddha, then how would you become aware of it? <laughs> you know, so it's those people that agitate us that are a great gift to us the people that challenge us because we can reach a point in which we can not be challenged in which we cannot be agitated and so if we are agitated if we are frustrated if we are reacting if we're responding in this way that is not peaceful is not aligned with joy and happiness then that is an indication that there is a block to it that there is a feeling that's blocking it and if we release it if we release it, it'll be gone but we can only release it if we take responsibility for it. If we say that this is feeling, this feeling, I am the steward of this feeling. I am responsible for this feeling, not anything external to me. And now we are able to move on to the emotional mastery to be like, okay, well, now that we've taken responsibility for our feelings, how can we then release them? Great, 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 great. Well, I'm going to say that they release themselves when we let them. So... In like the bottle, bottle analogy, let's say that, imagine that the bottle gets full, gets full, gets full, gets full, 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 and now it's pressing up against the cap, it's pressing up against the cap, our inner cap, it's pressing up and it's causing all this inner pressure, all this inner pressure, all these feelings that have been accumulated from the past, building up, and now they're coming up to the surface, and if we keep the lid on the bottle, then... That is, if we don't want to feel what we're, what we're feeling, we don't want to feel certain feeling, then we actually keep it there. We keep the lid on the bottle. We keep the lid on the bottle, and it keeps, and it builds up more inner pressure, causes us to, brings us these feelings of agitation and frustration. But the key thing is that it's not the feeling, actually, that's bringing up the frustration and the agitation. It's the resistance to the feeling. That's bringing up the agitation and frustration. It's like if it was that bottle, you're keeping the lid on. And so by keeping the lid on, that inner pressure can't escape. It can't release itself. So it just expands the bottle. It presses against the bottle wanting to be released. Not volitionally, but that's just its nature. Momentum, it wants, it, it moves towards release. So it's just pressing up, it's pressing up against the bottle, it's causing all this pressure, the bottle expands, and you could say that's the same with your frustration, you try to keep it in there, but it just, it needs to, it, it, its natural momentum is to be released, so it's just pressing up against, against it until you let the cap off, until you let the cap off, and give it that, allow it to release. So the frustration comes from your unwillingness to be with the feeling as it is. If there's some sort of feelings coming up and it bothers you, that's because it bothers you, right? 
it bothers you. You're the one who's bothered by it. <laughs> but if you, you can come to a place in which you are happy with it, in which it doesn't bother you. It's the same feeling. But before it bothered you, and now it doesn't bother you. So what changed? The feeling's the same. What changed? Your own choice changed. Your willingness changed. When it was bothering you, you were unwilling for the feeling to be there. When it doesn't bother you, when you're happy with it, is when you're willing for the feeling to be there. We could say that you give up. You give up trying to change it. You just embrace it as it is. You say, oh, screw this, you know, whatever. <laughs> maybe that's how it comes. Or maybe it just comes as I'm just going to let it come up however it's coming up. I'm not going to try change it. And so it's your choice to be happy with it that brings you that release, not the feeling. So this means that whatever you're feeling, you can always... You can always control, you can always control your attitudes. How do you contextualize that feeling? Are you going to allow it to come up or are you going to resist it? Okay, even though the feeling itself you might not be able to control, it moves at its own momentum, at its own rate. But what you can control is your attitude to it, how you hold it. Are you a friend to it? Do you see it as a friend? To be welcomed or do you see it as an enemy? To be pushed away. Apologies from the dog barking. And however you see it, if you see it as a friend, it'll be a friend to you. If you see it as an enemy, it'll be an enemy to you. But it is your choice that sets it up as a friend or sets it up as an enemy. So all you have to do is be willing. Be willing to let that feeling be there by, by letting go of the unwillingness for it to be there. Where does the unwillingness comes from? So let's say you're feeling something, there's frustration coming up. Let's just say there's frustration coming up and you don't want it to be there. Why don't you want it to be there? Well, to me, it has to do with control. It has to do with control because innate in the ego, which is part of human nature that we inherit as humans, is a desire to control things. It's all about control, the control game, controlling every factor possible. So when you're unwilling to be with things... You're not a victim of unwillingness. You're choosing it <laughs> uh, because the ego wants to control. So there's that part of you that wants to control the experience. It wants to, just for the sake of controlling it even, you know, there's this thing that's coming up. Why, isn't it, why does it even matter that it's coming up? Because the ego just wants to control things for the sake of controlling things. So to become willing with a feeling is a matter of letting go of the unwillingness. And when you let go of the unwillingness, the willingness is already there as a potential. And naturally, it's just there. Like, think about it, you know? You're pushing up against something, you're pushing up against something, and then suddenly you give up. And you feel release. So that release was always waiting there. It was always waiting. You're resisting, you're resisting, you're resisting. So you're like, ah, oh, screw it, I give up. And there's that release. There's that release from surrender. So the release from surrender, it swoops in so quickly once you let go of that unwillingness. And by letting go of the unwillingness, you can. it helps to see where it's coming from. Why aren't you willing to just be with the feeling as it is? Why do you insist on having it be a certain way? Or even removing you, why is there that insistence on having it a certain way? And you can see that it's really not to do with you, but instead it's to do with the innate structure, innate structure of the ego, which wants to control things. 
So it's that innate structure of the ego that wants to control everything that is bringing up that unwillingness for that feeling to be as it is. And if you're able to see that, then what might occur is that you kind of be like, well, this isn't even me in the first place. And you have that understanding. And when you understand it, it's easier to let it go. It's easier to let it go. You can be like, oh, that's why. That's why. That's where the unwillingness, not why, but that's the mechanism. That's where the unwillingness is coming from. And when you see that, well, then it becomes a little absurd. It's like, well, why does it, why does it matter if this feeling is here right now? I mean, if it was within me, it's bound to come up anyway. So why does it matter if it comes up now or later? Like, what's the difference, really? And you see the absurdity of the ego. It just really, really, it just tenaciously wants to control everything. And when you see that, it's a lot easier to be gentle with yourself. You can be gentle with yourself. You know, you can even allow yourself, allow yourself to resist the feeling. Allow the resistance to be there. So that is drop, letting go of let, of letting go of resisting the resistance. So that's the first step: is you let go, resisting the resistance, and by seeing that it's just the innate structure of the ego that is bringing up the the resistance to that feeling being there. Because the ego wants to control everything. Everything has to be under control. <laughs> Everything must be my way. It has to be my way. No feeling. You can't come up now. You can't come up here. No. No, no. It has to be my way. My way. And you see it's very childish. It's very funny. It's not bad. It's just like a little monkey. It's just doing what it's doing. That's what the ego is built to do. To control things. It got you here, right? And now you're interested in transcending and moving to joy. If you're listening to this series. Moving to your most joyous self. And that involves transcending your ego. So whilst the ego got you here, now your interest is in transcending it because it's the thing that is blocking the joy now. But it's not bad. It still is what it is. It got you here. Now it's an obstacle. Before it was a friend. Now it's an obstacle. It's still a friend. (laughs) But it's just in the way. And so you lovingly understand it and train it to move aside. So by seeing that, that that's where the control is, that's where the unwillingness is coming from, then maybe perhaps even now, naturally, there'll be a higher likelihood of the willingness arising. Because you see where it comes from. And you have that, oh, okay. When you have that, ah, when you have the aha, when you have the aha moment, then it's easier to just let things be just let things be however they are okay so that's where the unwillingness has come from and that's what you're letting go of so you don't have to gain willingness you don't have to look for it instead just look for why am i unwilling not why where is the unwillingness coming from what within me is unwilling to let this feeling be here and you let go of that. And you continuously just let go trying to change anything. <laughs> it sounds simple. It is simple. And it, it can be difficult because the mind is confusing to the mind. To the human mind it's confusing. It's like, what does it mean? What does it mean to just let go of things? I get it, you know. I get it. <laughs> it and so we seek to understand 
we seek to understand, you know, when we understand that it's control, that's where the unwillingness is coming from. And then we start to see what willingness is. <clears throat> willingness is letting go of the insistence of having things go your way. It's letting go of, having, of, the, of that demand upon life. It's just going with the flow. <laughs> it's going with the flow. It's being one. It's being unified with what is. So something's coming up. And rather than insisting on it being different, you just let whatever you're experiencing be there as it is. Coming up however it's coming up. And so you see that it has to do with the truth. You're aligned with truth. Because the truth is that's what you're experiencing. That's what you're experiencing. So letting go is a matter of letting go of illusions about it. Illusions, imaginations. You imagine that it should be different, but it's not different. It's how it is right now. So you let go of imagination, you let go of illusions, and you embrace reality radically, truthfully. Whatever you're experiencing, you just embrace it as it is because that is the truth. That's what's coming up for you. That's what's coming up. Who are you to say it should be different? Who are you to say, more accurately, more precisely, more helpfully maybe, what is it within you that insists on it being different? There's this feeling that's coming up within you. Something stirred up and the inner pressure built up and now it's coming up within you. And then there's this part of you that insists on it being different. It insists on it. What, where, why, where is that insistence coming from? Is it aligned with truth? Because the truth is that that's what you're experiencing. And yet there's this insistence that you should be experiencing something else. And what is that insistence that you should be experiencing something on else based upon? Well, it's based upon beliefs. It's based upon beliefs that it should be a certain different way. So what are you going to buy into? Are you going to buy into belief systems? Are you going to let yourself follow belief systems? Or are you going to totally align yourself with truth and say, you know, at the end of the day, that insistence is coming from a belief system. And I don't, that belief system is just a belief system. The truth is right in front of me. The truth is right here. The truth is right now. The truth is this experiential reality. And who am I to say it should be different? And then that's where you start to learn about the ego. The ego does not stand for truth. It stands within its own illusions. And it has illusions upon illusions upon illusions which seek to control, which seek to manipulate. <laughs> and they create all these imagined scenarios. So that did not go the way I expected. <laughs> but that's emotional mastery for you. That's the start. That's the start of this. That's the start of this. We'll have more episodes upon this. But I just wanted to make this quick one just to throw something in there to help you see things differently. To help inquire into the nature of what is it within you that insists on things being different. So that's our first emotional mastery thing. Is seeing that emotional mastery is just a matter of being one with what is. You become a master when you're unified with life. When there's no longer a difference between your will, that is what you want, and what is. When there's no difference between what you want and what is, then you're a master. <laughs> you have unified with life. 
There is only peace. There is only happiness. There is only joy. Because there's no difference between your will and what is. So there's no agitation. There's no frustration. There's no anxiety. You're totally unified. If this happens, it's okay. If that happens, it's okay. You might have a hope for a certain outcome, for a certain thing going a certain way. But if it doesn't go a certain way, it's okay. <laughs> that's it. It's as simple as that. That's the, that's the first thing in emotional mastery. So we understand it's, emotional mastery is what we are. It is what we are. It's the truth of what we are. Emotional mastery is not different from aligning with the truth of what we are. Not being an emotional master is an insistent insistence, a demand upon life to have things go our way. And that, where is that coming from? We're not bad for doing that. That's just coming from the innate nature of the human being. That part we call the ego insists on damning things its way. Because that's just how it evolved over billions of years. The ego has evolved. Okay? It's not just this life. <laughs> the ego, you weren't just born and the ego formed. The ego has formed over billions of years of evolution. From the very first cellular life, the ego began to form. And it evolved and it evolved. And now it's in this current form. It's in this form. The human form. And you have inherited it. It is an inheritance. The ego is your evolutionary 4 billion year old. Even older than that. Because you have to account for the whole universe. But speaking of life. Just making it simple. Your 4 billion year old evolutionary inheritance. That's what the ego is. So that way you don't have to kick yourself about for wanting to control things that's just part of the human ego it's just doing its job <laughs> it's doing its job what do you want from it <laughs> you want a monkey to not be a monkey you want a dog to not be a dog you want a human to not be a human you want a dinosaur to not be a dinosaur everything just is what it is the ego is what it is and when you understand that then you can become the master you can train it by loving it and saying they're there ego they're there they're there i know you want to have things your way I know. Yes, that's right. You want to... It's, it's, everything needs to be your way. That's right. But come on now. But come on now. <laughs> so you start loving your ego, okay? You don't have to hate it. You don't have to resist it. You don't have to deny it. You don't have to separate yourself from it. Just embrace it. Understand it. As you understand it, things become lighter. Just by understanding it becomes lighter. The weight becomes lighter. You're like, oh, wait. It's supposed to be this way. Oh, it's supposed to be difficult. Oh, it's supposed to be this conflict. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And then you'll learn emotional mastery. You'll learn how to be a master of what's coming up for you. Master of the feelings. Letting By letting go of that part which insists on having it things go its way. But letting go through love not through hate and resentment of it. You love it for what it is. You love it for what it is. And then you let it go. <laughs> you just continuously let it go until you transcend it. And you become an emotional master. Because that's what you are. You already are that. It's waiting within you. You just have to let go of the obstacles to it. And that's all. So I hope this was helpful. Again, this didn't go exactly the way I had in mind the first time, which is very exciting. 
So I hope it was helpful. If it was, let me know. I'd love to hear it. You can let me know in the Facebook group, Joyfulness Broadcast, by commenting below this post. Uh, you can let me know what anchor messages. You can let me go on Messenger, Facebook Messenger. Um, Nick Shimonov, just type in my name on like Facebook or on uh, the interweb. If you type in nickshimonov.com, you'll find my website. So just, I'd love to hear your feedback. It would be very valuable for me. Uh, and for this podcast. And if you'd like to help this podcast grow, you are most welcome to share this with friends. If you'd like to share it with a friend and you do share it with a friend, then you're most welcome to let me know and I'll give you a free sake session, a gift, my gift to you, sake session. You just let me know. I'll trust your word on it. Cool, that's a cool challenge. So, thank you very much for watching this. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you in the next one.